In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amin. Uh, welcome back as we look at chapter four of Interior Freedom. And in this chapter, uh, the theme is from law to grace, love as a free gift. Father Jacques Philippe says on page 111, quoting St. Paul in his epistles to the Galatians, for freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand fast, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. And uh, Father Jacques Philippe comments saying, St. Paul is very concerned lest believers lose the precious freedom won for them by Christ. So in this chapter, uh, Father Jacques Philippe ex explores this theme, which is really at the heart of much of the New Testament. Uh, this gift of freedom we received in Christ Jesus, having been adopted as sons of God, children of God through Christ and in Christ. And uh, St. Paul is constantly um, communicating to the communities that he's writing to the importance of not reverting back to this trap, this trap of the law. And of course, he's also writing to the communities about their new identity, their new identity in Christ, which frees them from the slavery to the flesh that they had uh, been so uh, immersed in uh, prior to their new birth in Christ. So under the pretext of freedom, uh, you know, which is something that we see in uh, modern contemporary culture, uh, we think that our freedom is in giving ourselves up to the passions, you know, doing whatever our desires kind of guide us towards. Um, even if they be sinful impulses, we are sort of um, told that uh, because we're free, we should explore all of these impulses and all of these desires and not to struggle and fight against them. But as St. Paul, uh, again, reiterates um, throughout his epistles, which is just the gospel of Jesus Christ, that we have been set free by following God and by uh, adhering and obeying the commandments and living according to this new reality, this new nature that we have received. And so, you know, licentiousness, this slavery to the passions is slavery and not freedom. Uh, Father Jacques Philippe says on page 112, it is slavery in which people are trapped by what is most superficial in humanity, selfish desires, fears, weaknesses, and so on. He goes on to say, those who want to be faithful to the Lord are invited to guard their freedom and not give themselves up to worshiping idols. In other words, not to look things, not to look to things of this world, pleasures of the senses, power, fame, work, or a particular relationship for the fullness, peace, and happiness and security that God alone can give. Otherwise, we will be prey to bitter disappointment and will harm ourselves and other people seriously. On page 113, he says, First, our efforts will never be sufficient on their own. Only through the grace of Christ can we can win us, only the grace of Christ can win us the victory. Therefore, our chief weapons are prayer, patience, and hope. Second, one passion can only be cured by another, a misplaced love by a greater love, wrong behavior by right behavior that makes provisions for the desire underlying the wrongdoing, recognizes the conscious or unconscious needs that seek fulfillment and either offers them legitimate satisfaction or transfer the, transfers them to something compatible with the person's calling. So throughout our lives, we're called to discover what our deepest desires are, 
But to fulfill those deepest desires, we don't turn to sort of the quick pleasures that are available to us that only satisfy the flesh or satisfy the mind, but to seek sort of the eternal satisfaction of those desires, which is rooted only in God and in eternity that he offers us. Another trap uh, that Father Jacques Philippe talks about is the trap of the law. It's a sort of another manifestation of the flesh. It replaces grace with the law. He says on page 114, the law itself is good, but the trap is this. If we take obeying the law as a condition for salvation, we are saying salvation comes not from God's freely given love, but from our own deeds. Two modes of thought are directly opposed to each other. So we need to always recognize that our freedom um, is a gift, and that gift is rooted in the free gift of God's love for us. And if we fall under the trap of thinking that we somehow have to earn God's favor and earn our way into uh, heaven, um, then we become slaves to the law, which we have been set free from by grace. He says one approach is based on God's free, unconditional love, and the other on our capacities and ourselves. What the law tells us to do is good, but taking the law as the foundation for our relationship to God contradicts the truth that salvation is given freely and ends up killing love. It can lead to pride. We may think we can fulfill all that the law prescribes, consider ourselves righteous, and despise other people for not doing the same. That was the sin of the Pharisees, which Jesus denounced so forcefully. Nothing more effectively kills love and compassion towards neighbor. And the problem, of course, of, of being sort of um, enslaved to the law is that it leads us to this pride and self-righteousness that he spoke about in the last slide, but also leads us to despair and, and a form of legalism in our faith. He says on page 117, living according to grace is the remedy for pride. We realize that our works are not our own, but are what God gives us the grace to do. This is also the remedy for despair, because no matter how terrible our failures, we are never doomed to inevitable damnation. We can always return to God's absolutely free and unconditional love. And this is very important because it becomes a sort of um, teacher for us on how not only to receive love freely, but also how to give love freely. He says on pages 117 and 118, it doesn't come naturally to us to give freely. We have a strong tendency to give in order to receive in return. The gift of ourselves is always motivated, motivated to some extent by self-gratification. Jesus invites us to escape this limitation and practice a love as pure and disinterested as God's own love. Love your enemies and do good and lend, expecting nothing in return, and your reward will be great and you will be sons of the Most High, for he is kind to the ungrateful and the selfish. Be merciful even as your Father is merciful. Nor do we find it easy to receive freely. We are happy to receive something seen as in some way a reward for our merits, something due to us. On page 118, he goes on to say, we commit a fault against this free giving and receiving in our relationship with God or with other people. Every time we make the good we've done into an excuse for claiming a right, demanding gratitude or recompense. But we also do that more subtly every time we are afraid of not receiving love due to this or that limitation or personal shortcoming. Jesus in the gospel 
does all he can to destroy that way of thinking. We find it hard to accept this reversal of our values, but we will never find happiness without it. One, one way of looking at this is to contrast the, um, the examples in the Gospels between, for example, Luke 17.10, where the Lord uh, gives this parable and says at the end, but you, when you have done all that was commanded of you, say to yourselves, we have done that which was expected and commanded of us. We are useless servants. As if seemingly to kind of um, uh, disregard any sort of reward for one's efforts. But then in Matthew 20, verses 1 through 6, in the parable of the laborers of the 11th hour, God seems to reward equally those who come, not at, at the first and the third and the sixth and the ninth, but even those who come at the 11th hour, giving them the same reward and recompense as those who came at the first or third hour. And so we have, it seems, uh, almost a kind of contradiction in which, in, in one case, God seems to sort of kind of, again, dismiss uh, any sort of reward, and in the other case, rewarding very uh, generously. But what both of them are saying is that, that God's gift is free, and we have to receive it freely. We don't, we don't earn it. And so in the first case, the, we are useless servants because we don't earn our way to God's favor. We, we serve him and we love him and we worship him as a sort of uh, rep, um, reciprocity for his love. Um, and in the second case, he's saying that because God is generous, he does reward us and he does give us and he does glorify us in eternity but out of his own free initiative, not because we have somehow, um, you know, earned our way into that favor. So again, you can spend some time between these two um, examples in the Gospels and see the importance of uh, living, learning to, to, to receive freely and to give freely. And again, look forward to seeing you for our final meditation on chapter five and uh, uh, hope all is well with everyone, and everyone is safe and secure. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, now and ever, and to the ages of all ages. Amen.